Well, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Man, what a great weekend. Now, I know you want to you want to say. So how many of you came to our very first Embrace Women's Conference? Oh, it was so awesome. We had the best weekend. And let me tell you, this actually celebrates our 10th year of our Journey Girls Women's Ministry. And we got to kick it off with our first women's conference. And it was just fabulous. I mean... A dream come true. A dream come true for me. Something that I wanted to do for a very long time. And um, it was my heart's prayer that the Lord would just um, give a special message and word to each speaker. And that it would just flow together. And that it would be everything that the ladies needed. And y'all, it exceeded my expectations. How about y'all? I mean, it was just wonderful just a wonderful time about, my heart is full about 400 women here this weekend and just had a great time uh, I dis I discovered that I think every one of the speakers cried and yes. I'm like I don't cry when I when I preach but uh maybe I, I, should, I do maybe mm -hmm. I should start adding that in I don't know uh but yes. awesome weekend and ladies had a blast and I just want to take a moment real quick I was so just taken aback by the way that, that our staff, our serve team, our volunteers, everybody helping just, when I'm telling you that people just went over and above all weekend long, and that's one of the things I love about the Journey Church serve team, is that people just go over and they look for ways to help. Hey, is there a problem? We need to solve that and take care of that. How can I help somebody? How can I show somebody the love of Jesus? Absolutely amazing. So can we give our staff, the tech team, the serve team, the volunteers, everybody a great big hand clap. And a lot, of, a lot of fun this weekend. In case you did not hear in the after party, the sprinklers went off. Uh, weren't expecting that, but we always promise good, clean fun. And, uh, you know, so. And we have got some journey girls who can bust a move on the dance floor. I'm so, so very impressed. And there's also a, a video of one of our officers, Adam, that is... Uh, Everybody got involved. Who, who cannot say that Christians... Can, we have some fun have as Christians. Fun. People are like, I, right. I don't want to be a Christian. It's no fun. We have more fun than you in the world, okay? <laughs> so uh, we just know how to have fun for Jesus. Right. And so it's, from what I understand, it's up to almost 20,000 views. Somebody even said it made the news. Uh, speaking... <laughs> Speaking of videos, the Journey Girls, they closed out yesterday with some, with some dancing. And uh, I actually had a video of Stacy dancing. Okay. And... Uh, no. No. Y'all want to no. see it? No. No. I, no. No, no, no. Be, no, I'm sure it's on video somewhere. It, it'll, it'll, it'll be around. It's in my phone. It's in your... No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to leave on that note. I, Thank I, it was wonderful. Okay, I love you, babe. It was wonderful. Now, <laughs> straight up, because uh, I value life, uh, we're going to go ahead and move on and not show that video. All right, okay. Uh, so, I tell you what, it was a great weekend, an awesome week for us as a church. It was exciting to see the, the women's conference and uh, everything that God was doing at Embrace. Uh, last weekend, we had our interest meeting for the Watson campus, very first one. And y'all, I got to tell you, it, it, unbelievable. We had 100 people show up for the interest meeting out in Watson. Everybody all excited. People signing up for serve teams. 
we did announce who the campus pastor is going to be at the Watson campus. If you have not heard yet, you want to know who it is? Uh, pastor Jeremy and, and Miss Taylor Quintini. Uh, and so very excited for them. Love them. They're going to do a phenomenal job over in Watson. And so uh, I do want to do this real quick. If you are here as a guest, I want to take a moment to greet you. My name is Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the lead pastors here at Journey. And I do want to take a moment to greet everybody who is joining us online right now. I know that we've had some issues the last couple weeks with our streaming service, uh, with some software issues that we have had. And thank you for being patient with us. But I think that we may have got those issues fixed. So Journey Church, can we give everybody joining us online right now a great big Journey Church welcome. Great to have you join us today. And uh, we are actually in a series called God Never Said That. And what we're doing, we're taking things that people believe are in the Bible, things that people say, well, you know, the Bible says that cleanliness is next to godliness or, or whatever the vice versa is there. And they say things like, you know, well, well, God always wants us happy. And, you know, we look in the Bible, even though those things sound great, they sound scriptural, they're not in the Bible. And the reality is that God never said that. Well, today, the direction that we're going to go, we're going to look at something that probably every one of us in this room have heard, and we say these things with the best intentions. It sounds so spiritual, but today, the verse that we're going to look at is a very popular verse. It's one that uh, I've heard countless times, and I've actually preached on this before, but the reason why I'm preaching it again today is because I keep hearing this. And I feel like it needs to be addressed because it is a very dangerous mindset for us to have in the body of Christ. And here is this verse. It is found in Prozac chapter 3 verse 16. <laughs> and it is, God will never give you more than you can handle. Okay? Now, let's be honest. How many of you in this room have heard that verse before? Okay? And let's be really honest, how many of us have said that before, okay? Bunch of us. Uh, I've heard it my whole life. I hear people say that all the time with the best intentions. But the Bible does not say that, okay? What the Bible says, Paul wrote, I believe it was in 1 Corinthians, when he said that God will never allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. In other words, uh, whenever we are going through life and temptation comes against us, God will protect and guard us. We have to be on our toes against temptation, but... We need to make sure and understand that we have a God who is faithful to us, who loves us. Amen? Amen. So, you might say, well, Pastor, what is the big deal? Okay, that sounds great. God will never give us more than we can handle. Why are we having to delve off into this and deal with this? And here's why. It's very dangerous to have that mindset. And the reason why it's dangerous is because we get that inside of our heart that, you know what? God will never bring more on me than I can handle, so give me everything you got. I'm going to take this and this, and I want this in my life and that in my life, and I can handle this, and this is of God, and praise the Lord. And the next thing you know, the byproducts of that, the side effects of that are things like fatigue. Anybody in here ever felt tired before? Okay. The side effects of that are anxiety and worry. Anybody ever had that before? The side effects of taking on this verse and embracing it for your life are things like, uh, like stress and anxiety and worry and depression. And should I go on? Because it's dangerous because we live in a society and culture that will try to load us up, load our schedule up. And check this out, load, out our, load up our kids' schedules. 
And in the quest to give our kids better than we had, we actually load our kids' schedules up to the point of burning them out. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I've had, I've had some really serious thoughts about this because whenever I was growing up, I look back in, at life, we didn't have a whole lot. My mom likes to say we, we didn't have nearly as many bills as everybody else had. But the reason why that was so important, and I look back at my life and say, what a great life, is because we sat down and had dinner together as a family uh, pretty much every night that I can remember. And we talked around the table. I remember we would play board games as a family. We worked together as a family. We, we took trips together as a family. We did stuff as a family. But the problem is now we've got our schedule so loaded down as parents, as grandparents. We have our kids' schedules so loaded down. And remember, God will never give you more than you can handle. And we've let our schedules get us to the place of breaking. Here's where it is. We've let our schedules get us to the place where we are overwhelmed. Has anybody in here ever been overwhelmed before? You just heard Blake pray for very, something very, very high profile this past week. It was all over the news. Young associate pastor at a mega church with two young kids and a young wife took his life because he was overwhelmed. One year ago, almost exactly, the lead pastor of a mega church, and it's so high profile because it's such a large church. Everybody's talking about it almost exactly one year ago. Lead pastor of a mega church, young family, young kids took his life. And you hear about people taking their lives, harming themselves, doing all these things because we are, check this out, overwhelmed. We have too much going on in life. We have our schedules too full, and get this, we're missing out on the best of what God has for us. We are, if you look at the statistics, the most heavily medicated nation in the world when it comes to anti-anxiety, anti-depression, all these things that we battle. And let me take it a step further, we stigmatize whenever people are dealing with depression, mental illness, all these types of things. And we have the tendency of looking down on that. But the reality is this, and I want you to hear me on this. How many of you in this room have ever had a cold before? How many of you in this room have ever had the flu before? Oh, let's just make it easy. How many of y'all have ever gotten sick before? Raise your hand, okay? If you didn't raise your hand, apparently you take lots of vitamins, okay? When you went, got sick, did people look down on you and treat you different and treat you like you were less than or anything like that? No, they said, you know, you need to go to the doctor. You need to deal with that. That's something that needs to be fixed so that you can get better. So why do we do that whenever people are dealing with things within their body and their mind and their spirit? Let's not look down on people. Let's help people. Amen? And as the body of Christ, we're called to lift people and show them the love of Jesus no matter what they're walking through in life. If it's a physical sickness, a spiritual sickness, a mental sickness, we deal with those things. And I guarantee you that every one of us have dealt with some type of depression or anxiety or worry or stress. I don't care who you are. We've all dealt with it before. And guess what? We need to learn that God's word is something that if we allow the enemy to take it twisted... He will use it against us so that it's not building our life, but rather it's working against us. You say, what do you mean, Pastor Jay? What I mean is, God will never give you more than you can handle. God never said that. Jesus said something to the effect of, hey, come to me, those of you who have burdens within your life, and I will give you, what's the word? 
I'll give you rest. I'll make your mind rest. I'll make your spirit rest. I'll make your heart rest. When there's illness within your body, you need rest. When there's illness within your mind, you need rest so that I can bring the hope that, that you need. I actually made, I, I wrote something on my notes earlier. We're going to deal with this here in a few minutes, talking about the hope that God wants to bring to us. We live in a world that, that actually looks around and says there's not a whole lot of hope. And guess what? We have the hope of Christ within our life as the body of Christ. Amen? And it's up to us to reflect his love, his nature, his character, who he is to the world so that they can see something different inside of us and say, you know what? I want that for my life. But too often we have been conned into believing exactly the things that the world believes. Like, hey, load your schedule up. Stay busy. Busy, busy, busy. Because God will never give you more than you can handle. And God never. Everybody say never. God never said that. And so here's the thought. Are we so busy that we're missing out on God's best? There's a good thought for you right there. And that's what we're going to get to the bottom of today. And so we look at a, a, a story here in Scripture. And if you have your Bible, turn over to Numbers chapter 11. Because Numbers chapter 11, you begin to see something happen within Moses' life. He's actually getting somewhat uh, overwhelmed. And remember, we've all have been at times in our life, we've all been somewhat overwhelmed. And here's the thing about this situation. Moses is taking care of uh, just tons of people, upwards of a million people. He's trying to solve their issues. He's trying to feed them. He's trying to get them to where they need to be in the promised land. And in the journey along the way, there's things that keep popping up. God's taking care of them. Uh, he's feeding them Chick-fil-A. No, I'm just kidding about that. He's feeding them manna, which is like Chick-fil-A. And uh, here's what I'm going to say to you. In this moment, the people begin to complain. They begin to bellyache. And this is what happens. Numbers chapter 11, verses 13 through 14. Moses says, when they start complaining about meat, they want some meat. He says, where can I get meat for all these people? There's not a Walmart around here. He says, they keep wailing to me. Give us meat to eat. Now, straight up that right there you're starting to see Moses kind of start to crack a little bit because basically he's saying if if this was the Jay Coleman version of the Bible it would be right there it would say they keep wailing to me it would be they keep whining to me anybody ever whined before you got a little got a little cheese with that wine uh, they keep whining to me, give us meat to eat. And I can just hear them telling God, they're, they're, they're wailing, they're whining, God, give us meat to eat, give us meat to eat. And he goes on, he says, I cannot carry all these people by myself. Look what it says. The burden is what? It's too heavy for me. Got too much on my plate here. I'm about to get overwhelmed. And we talk about being overwhelmed. Now, let's just be honest here. Remember, you're in church, Okay. Who in this room has been overwhelmed before? Raise your hand, okay? And if it, it's not anything to be ashamed of, I could raise, you know, like, we, we've all been overwhelmed. We've all had those moments where there's just so much going on. It's like, whoa! And it's at that moment when you're just like, oh, just, I, I don't know what to do, I'm just overwhelmed. A well-meaning Christian steps up at that moment and says, well, you know, the Bible says you shouldn't worry. Because God will never give you more than you can handle. And what do you want to do in that moment? 
What? You, what? Did you say you want to slap him? <laughs> Ryan took it to another level. Said, I'm punch him in the face, you know, like, ta-ta in Jesus' name, you know. <laughs> I love it. Most people said, I want to slap him. Ryan said, throat punch, pa-pa, okay? I love it, Ryan. And here's the truth. Bible doesn't say that. Bible doesn't point that out. In fact, you want to know something really honest? There's a lot of times God will let you take more on to prove that you can't handle the things you think you can handle. Because you're not nearly as strong as you think you are. Oh, I'm strong. And guess what? The reality is you're really not that strong. We serve a strong God who makes us strong in his strength. But sometimes he'll let us take on more than we think that we can handle so that we can come to the place where we recognize our need of him. And here's what I want to tell you. The truth of the matter is most of us in this room wake up every morning with way too much stuff on our plate. Way too many things going on within our life. And today what I want to do is I want to kind of break this down and, and help us begin to understand how God's trying to teach us some things. We look around and we, we see ourselves worrying. We look around and we see ourselves feeling overwhelmed. And the reality is that is our body trying to tell us something. You need to listen to what God is telling you. Moses goes on here after he's talking to God. And he says one verse down. And, and I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit here in these passages of Scripture. He says, if this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. Now... I don't know about you, but that sounds like the point of being overwhelmed. He goes on, you go down a little bit, he says, The Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders. And he says in verse 17, I will take some of the power of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that's on you, and I will put it on them. And they will share the burden of the people with you. So that you will not have to, what does it say, the last three words? Carry it alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. Quit trying to do this by yourself. Quit trying to handle all this stuff on your own. Because the truth of the matter is, when you try to handle stuff on your own, you're going to get overwhelmed. I think of the women's conference this weekend. Tremendous success. But if one person would have tried to do all that by themselves, it would not have happened. It would have been a dismal failure. It took a team effort, the body of Christ coming together and making it happen for the glory of God. And that is exactly how God wants us to walk through life, trusting him and allowing him to work in us and through us with other people all around us. So here's what I want to tell you. Today what we're going to do is I want to teach you some things that I feel like the Lord is trying to teach us when we get to the place of being overwhelmed. Because God loves to teach us. And, and for those of you who in here who have kids, you know about teaching your kids. Okay, The things that you like to teach your kids and how you teach your kids is very, very important. I remember whenever our kids were growing up, they were in a church nursery. Uh, one of our kids uh, had trouble in the, in the nursery whenever he was a baby. I, I think it was Reese. Stacy told me in the last service, he had a problem with biting. Now, don't judge me, okay? That wasn't me, it was him, all right? Now, don't look at Reese later and be like, hope you got over that, you know, because he did. He outgrew it, all right? But he's in the nursery, and he's looking at other babies, and he's seeing things like, you know, like steaks and like, you know, pork chops and all that kind of stuff. And he would see a, a, another kid, and he, the kid would take his toy, and Reese would be like, oh, you're going to take my toy? Oh, just. 
Well, eventually we broke him out of that, and the pastor that we worked at with there in Lafayette, one of his kids had the same issue. And his kid was in the nursery one day, and Tyler was in the nursery one day. This is a long, long time ago. And they were playing with a toy, and the pastor's son saw Tyler had a toy that he wanted, so he just, he reached over and he just bit him, just, you know. And Tyler screamed, and when he did, and I mean, I think it may have broke the skin, I don't know, Tyler's response to him back was, oh yeah, you're going to bite me? Let me show you. And he just grabbed his, <laughs> The kid screamed, freaked out, but guess what? He never bit again. Now, Tyler was not a biter. That, we didn't, that was not an issue for him. Uh, but it broke that kid and his mama. We thought like, oh man, our son bit the pastor's kid. That's it. We going down, you know. <laughs> but mama told us, said, no, no, it's okay. I'm glad that he bit him. I'm like, well, I, you may line him up to bite some other kids. I can do that. <laughs> she said, because it taught him not to bite other kids. That's a little unorthodox, okay? Don't be biting kids and stuff like that. But whatever it takes, we, we, we have to teach our kids, right? They get bad habits, and we have to teach them. And so what are the bad habits in our life whenever it comes to our schedule? Because sometimes God will go to the extreme to, to teach us. And whenever we begin to feel a little overwhelmed, maybe we're at that point where God's having to go to the extreme to teach us something. And so I want to walk you through three things here that you need to understand, all of us need to understand. I don't care who you are, these are all things that we need to look at in our life. And whenever it comes to our schedule, what's God trying to teach us? I think the first thing he's trying to teach us is that everything in our life needs to be prioritized. What needs to be prioritized? Okay, let's try it again. What needs to be prioritized? Look at your neighbor and say everything. And that nobody gets out of this. Everything needs to be prioritized. There are too many options around us. There are too many things pulling on our schedule, our time, our energy, our giftings, our money, all these different things pulling on us. There's a lot of options. So everything needs to be prioritized. And here's what that does. It forces us to decide what is important. It forces us to look at life and say, is it more important for me to do this hobby or is it more important for me to spend time with my family? Now, hobbies are important, but there has to be, here's another valuable word. If you're taking notes, write this down. There has to be balance in everything, okay? Is it more important for me to pour every weekend into going out on the boat and fishing and being away from my family or is it more important for me to spend some time with my wife and my kids, is it more important for me to go out shopping every weekend or is it more important for me to stay at home maybe as a family we do something? What are the things that need to be prioritized? Prioritizing everything makes us look at our life and really begin to discover what is important. And you know what I think of whenever I think of this? I know that y'all are going to say, good Lord, he equates everything to food, okay? <laughs> but I do, okay? I'm not ashamed of that. Uh, last week we talked about honey buns. They are so good, y'all. <laughs> and I actually had somebody quote me on Facebook. There's something like there's nothing as good as a honey bun or whatever. Whatever I said, they quoted me on it. I'm like, that's a good quote. Uh, so here, here's what makes me think of prioritizing everything. Have you ever been to a buffet? When you go to a buffet, 
everything looks good, well, except the broccoli. Uh, and here, here's what I do. Like last week, the family, we all went to Mr. Gaddy's. I like Mr. Gaddy's pizza. We went there. We got the buffet. And I got my tray, got my, my plate, got my glass. And I'm going down the line. And it's the same way every time that I go to a buffet, especially Mr. Gaddy's. First thing is I had some sp- good some spaghetti on there with some meat sauce. Continue to make because that's good. I make my way down. And the next thing is the salad portion, Okay. Now, I don't know why I do this every time I go to a buffet. I make a salad. I do. Get that little clear plate. And I'm making the salad. And I'm joking with Stacey. Said, I do not know why I do this every time I come here. Because I never even take a bite of this. It's, it is true, okay? And so I made this beautiful salad. Put it on my plate. And then I make my way down to the pizza, Okay? And it's, it literally is, I, I'm convinced that this is what is going to be at the banquet table of the Lord, okay? I mean, it's just delicious. They got all this pizza, so I take it, load my plate up, go to the table, and eat. And guess how many bites of the salad I took? None. You know why? Because I prioritized, all right? Because I determined there's only so much room in this right here. And I do not want to waste any of this on that salad, okay? Because the space that that salad is going to take up, I could jam some more cinnamon sticks up in there. (laughs) I can jam a couple more pieces of pepperoni up in there. And so if you're going to do this the right way, you got to prioritize, okay? What was I talking about again? I was so... (laughs) Listen to me. There is only so much room in your life. There is only so much time available in your day. So you have got to learn to prioritize properly. Otherwise, the devil will take advantage of you and steal from you. And your life, your family, your kids will pay the price for it. Because we begin devoting our time to all these other things that are out there that look so necessary but really are not all that detrimental or important to our lives. And so, we need to learn to prioritize what? Everything. Now you say, well, how, how spiritual is that, Pastor Jay? Well, let me tell you how spiritual it is. There's a classic story in Scripture. When Jesus decided to visit the home of some friends, he went to go visit Mary and Martha. And Mary and Martha, they were there making sure that the house was ready, making sure that everything you were, they were getting everything together. And and Martha, she's running around, she's prepping, she's like, Jesus is coming, we got to get this house together, we got to make sure the rolls are baked and the table is set, we got to make sure that the the banana pudding is in the fridge, we got to make sure everything is right. And she looks around, she says, where's Mary at? Man, I'm in here doing all this by myself, where's Mary? She goes out in the living room, she sees Mary sitting there with Jesus hanging out, and she's like, look at that girl, she she lazy. She says, Jesus, you need to tell my sister Mary I need some help in the kitchen. Listen to Jesus' response. Luke chapter 10. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Listen to this. Or indeed, there's only one thing that's needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You see, Mary recognized that Jesus was only going to be around for a limited portion of time. 
And she was only going to get to hang out with him for this period of time. And she wanted to make the most of it. I don't want to be busy in the kitchen doing all these other things whenever I could be sitting at the feet of Jesus. And who knows what would happen? A miracle might take place right here. He might speak a word to me that might change my life for all of eternity. And how many times have we missed out on God's best? Because we're so busy doing all the stuff that really don't count. Or we're doing the things that the enemy puts in front of us and says, this is the best, and it really isn't the best. We need to learn to prioritize what? And here's what I want to tell you, something else. If you learn to prioritize, you're going to find out that in reality, you're carrying too much in life. You're trying to pack too much into your day. You're trying to pack too much into your life. And you need to understand that there are some things that I might think, this is a good thing, there's nothing wrong with this, but it's just not what's best for my life. And so it's okay that in some things that you're going to deal with that you say, you know what, that's not what's best for my life. I'm going to choose my health. I'm going to choose my marriage. I'm going to choose my family. I'm going to choose my walk with Jesus. And these are going to be the priorities of my life. And guess what? You're going to have some people complain about that. You hear me on this? You're going to have some people like, well, shame on you. Don't you receive that shame? Okay. When you decide to invest your life into what what God has for you and wants for you, don't let the enemy put shame on you. There's some things you're going to have to say no to, okay? We've practiced this before. Everybody say no. Because sometimes you just got to say no to it. It's not bad. It's not something that that is evil or anything like that. But there's just some things we we have to say no to. Everybody say no. No. And you got to learn to prioritize what? Everything. So, I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom, all right? I'm running out of time, but I'm going to give you a piece of wisdom. You want to find out what's important in life, go find somebody who's 65, 70 years old and talk to them. They're not going to tell you, man, I wish I had spent more time with these hobbies or at work or, or build my 401k. I wish I had spent more time doing this or that or the other. No, typically what somebody is going to tell you is, man, I wish I had spent more time in prayer. I wish I had spent more time in the Word. I wish I had really invested in growing my relationship with Jesus. I really wish I had spent more time with my kids, my wife. Those are the things that are really important in this world. Amen? Here's the next thing. There are, Jesus is trying to teach us here, so there are some things that need to be delegated, okay? Now, that's a word a lot of people don't, they say, well, I like that word, but it sounds fancy, and I don't really know if I can do that. So let's practice. Everybody say delegation. We find in Scripture, whenever Moses began to get overwhelmed, he had all these people coming to him, they're complaining, they're belly aching, they're saying things like, Moses, my neighbor's aggravating me, you know, they let their cow wander into my flower bed, Moses, I was pulling my cart, the wheel fell off of it, it, it I hurt my ankle, you know, Moses, I got in a fight with so-and-so, can you help us mitigate this? And they're coming to Moses with all these issues, and Moses is trying to settle everything. He's trying to make everybody happy. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now, you can't always make everybody happy, okay? And so Moses, in the middle of this, he kind of starts complaining to his father-in-law, Jethro, and this is what Jethro tells him. Exodus chapter 18, verse 17. He says, what you're doing is not good. Hmm, I wonder if there was a question to that. No, he just answered it. You and these people who come to you will only what? Wear yourselves out. You ever worn yourself out chasing after something that really ain't all that important? The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it what? Alone. Delegation. Everybody say delegation. Delegation. And the advice that Jethro gave to Moses 
is that you need to choose some capable men around you and you need to share the load with them. You need to, Moses, you need to delegate some things to these different ones around you. And we need to learn that within our life because I want you to understand something. Once again, so many times we try to pick up all these things and I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And then we get overwhelmed and we feel guilty if we want to hand something off to somebody else. Remember, God, a lot of times, he'll let us pick up too many things, so he, he's trying to teach us something. He's trying to teach us, hey, you can't do everything yourself, and you need some people around you that actually will help you. And here is what I'm going to tell you. A lot of times, when it comes to delegating, and men listen to me, because this is an issue a lot of men deal with, a lot of times we're just too proud to hand them off. Well, nobody can do it like me. You're right. They may not be able to do it like you. They might do it better than you. I can't believe you said that. I'm out of here. You need, guess what? That's an issue that I have. Uh, there's a lot of people on the serve team, our staff, all this kind of stuff will tell you. Pastor Jay's OCD in a lot of areas. It's true. I like things done with the spirit and the mindset of excellence. And guess what? We have a serve team. We have a, a cooking team. We've got people with all, in all these different areas that, that that's their heart as well. We love to serve with the mindset of excellence. And here's the thing. What taught me to begin to hand things off and that I cannot handle everything on my own was I was doing better in that area. I, I really was, okay? But then the flood happened. And the flood taught me you can't do everything. And if you do, if you try, you're going to break. You're going to fall apart. And so through the flood, what happened was I began handing things off and delegate. You handle this and you handle this. I'm going to be at the house for a little while working. Then I'm going to be over here helping this person. Then I'm going to come to the church just kind of doing these things and helping and letting people and trusting people. And it taught me as we've moved forward from that that there's a lot of things that some team will bring me or the staff will bring me and say, you know what, I trust you. You do a good job. You make that decision. I'm going to give that to you. Everybody say delegation. But it was a learned process. Because so many times we think, well, nobody can do it as good as me. And guess what? They may not do it your way. Well, my way is the only way. No, there's more than one way to skin a cat. I... That's, that's an expression, okay? I've never skinned a cat, okay? Well, at least lately. No, I'm just kidding, okay? That's a joke, all right. They're, really, they're, let me say it this way, because all the cat lovers now are like, hmm. There's more than one way to do something, okay? And you need to understand that if you're going to have peace within your life, delegation is a wonderful thing. I want you to understand something, that everything needs to be what? Prioritized. But there are some things that need to be delegated and given off to other people to help you so that you have peace within your life and within your heart. Now, you go down a little bit further in Exodus, and you see in verse 18, go down a couple verses, uh, his father-in-law tells him, he says, that will make your load lighter because they will share it with you and you'll be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home what? Satisfied. A lot more productive. You get a lot more done 
And the people around you are not frustrated and whining, but they're, they're satisfied because you've got more people involved in the process. And so here's what I'm going to tell you. We've got to learn to prioritize. What must be prioritized? Everything, okay? And then the second word we learned today is delegation. Everybody say delegation. Here's the last thing and the most important one of all, and God's trying to teach us this. Above everything, above all, no matter what it is, I must trust God. Because here's what I want to help you understand. What's he trying to teach us? The challenge is that all of us believe that we can carry everything. And what are you carrying? What am I carrying? That God needs to be carrying. Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it anger? Is it unforgiveness? What is it that you've latched onto and you say, God, I, I, I can, I, no, I'm going to hold on to this. I got this. I'm going to carry this. And God's saying, let me have that. You don't need to be carrying that. That's mine. I'll deal with that. And in that area, whatever it is, you need to learn to trust God in that area. Let me teach you one of my favorite verses, Psalms 55, 22, and there's a reason why I love this verse. It says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. You might say, well, Pastor, why, why do you like that verse so much? And it's the first word, cast. Fishermen in here are like, yeah, I knew it was casting, you know, like going fishing. No, that word in the original language, the Hebrew, the word is shalak. Shalak. And here's what it means. It means to throw to hurl, to cast, and it, it quite literally is this. It quite literally is when you have some, you ever tried to pick up something that's heavy and you try to pick it up and you kind of, you're trying to put it in the back of your truck and finally you get to where you just, you know, you just ugh, throw it in the back of the truck. That's what it should look like in our prayer time with God. What are you carrying that God is saying, let me have that. Well, God, I, I've got this anger inside of me. I don't, I don't know why I feel this anger so much, but I, I, I got this. This is mine. I can handle this. And God's saying, give it to me. I need you to shalach that to me. Throw it to me. Cast it to me. Hurl it to me. I want it. And in your prayer time, it should look something like this. God, I, I've got this burden in my life and in my heart. Jesus, you said you want to give me rest, but I've got this burden, this anger that I'm holding on to. And I don't want it anymore. It's taking up too much of my life, too much of my thought process. It's affecting my marriage. It's affecting relationships. So God, what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast this. I'm going to shalach this to you. God, here, here, here it is. Take it. Take it. Just get it. I don't want it to be a burden to me anymore. And guess what? When you do that, when you make that decision to surrender that to God... You're going to feel a weight lifted off your shoulders. Now, if you're anything like me, you a lot of times try to take those things back. You know, well, you know, I need to get that back. You put it back on your shoulder. Next thing you know, you're bearing it again. We need to learn to continually cast those things to God. Why is it that we cast those things to him? Because he cares for us. He cares for us so much. You ever seen your kid doing something? You're like, you know what? Let me help you with that. And they're like, no, I got it. And you're like, all right. Fall flat on your face then. 
But when you do step in and you are able to help them, it blesses you. Why? Because you care for your kids. Here's what I'm going to tell you. When you care for your kids, you want to take care of them. And I'm going to say this to you right now. God cares for his kids. And he wants to take care of us as we walk through life. And in the, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he talks about a time that he had more in his life than he could handle. He referred to it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 as something that was a thorn in his side. And he basically, he's begging God to take this away from him. God, this is a burden, it's an issue, it's a thorn in my side, I need you to take it. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, he says this, But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, the power of God is made perfect in all of our lives when we come to the end of our strength. And my thought is this, we try to be so strong for everybody, all right? We try to be strong for everybody. We try to make everybody happy. We try to do all these things and jump through all these hoops because we want to be so strong. But according to this scripture, maybe what we need to do is we need to be weak before our God so that his strength can be made perfect within our lives. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. We talk about prioritizing, delegating, trusting. What are the things in your life that need to be prioritized? What's well, everything? But in prioritizing and you're trying to decide what is truly important within your life, are there some things you need to back away from? Are there some things you need to lay down? Are there some things that you need to trust over to other people? Are there some things you just need to say no to? What about delegation? Who is it that you need to get involved in helping? Could be a project at work. Could be in your family. There's something you're trying to handle all on your own, and you need to get your spouse involved in it. What about trusting God? What are the things you're trying to carry that God says, that belongs to me. Let me deal with that. Could be anger. Could be fear. Could be grief. Could be addiction. I don't know. What is it in your life that God is saying, Shalak, throw that, cast that, hurl that onto my shoulders? Because in your weakness, I want to sow my strength in your life. Now be real and honest today. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I'm going to ask you not to peek. Do not peek. Tendency is to peek. Don't do it. But how many of you in here would say, Pastor Jay, there's things that in my life, the priorities have just gotten crazy all over the place. And it's time to bring it back to where it needs to be so that I can experience God's best. I can experience what Jesus said and have his rest. Pastor Jay, there's things that I need to be, bring people into and I need to delegate off and share with people and have some help in these areas. And yes, there are some areas where I need to trust God. There's some things I need to hand over to him. How many of you in this room would say, with every eye closed, that's me. Raise your hand right now, real high. Get it up there. Be proud of it. Okay? I love that. Put your hands down. Father, I lift up every person in this room who raised their hand. They're acknowledging 
that there's areas in their life where they need your strength to be so evident and real. And I pray today that they would be weak in those areas so that you can show yourself powerful through the Holy Spirit within their life. That those areas, whatever it might involve, that they would cast those things that are weighing heavy in their heart, that burden, that, Father, they would cast it to you. And they would trust you. That, Father, you would begin to surround them with the right people at work, in the neighborhood, here at church, wherever, in their life group, Father. That there would be the right people to help that they can delegate things. They can get others involved, whether it's they're involved in things in their life or things that need to be laid down. And fathers, they prioritize their life. Holy Spirit, give them wisdom. I pray for just supernatural wisdom to make the right decisions, to say yes to the right things. The things that are you and your best, Lord God, for their life. And Father, I thank you that today, as you lead them and direct them, Lord, let all of our lives bring glory and honor to you as we walk through life. Now, guess what? With every eye still closed, there's some of you in this room right now. We talk about trusting God, but you've never trusted God with the number one thing, and that's your life. The reality is you think about getting to heaven, and your idea of getting to heaven is, well, if I'm a good person, or if I'm religious, or if I go to church from time to time, that's how you get to heaven, right? Wrong. It's found in receiving Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. That means that you put Jesus first in your life. That you recognize, first of all, your need of a Savior. Because the reality is everybody thinks, well, everybody's going to heaven, right? We're going to deal with that one week too. But the reality is those who trust Christ with their life who receive the price that he paid for their salvation at the cross and by faith opening their heart and everything that they already have. They choose to step into the family of God. My question for you today is this, have you done that within your life? Have you surrendered everything that you are to Jesus and embraced him as Lord and Savior and Master of your life? And if you say, no, but I, I want to, then today I'd love to help you take that step. There's others of you in this room that maybe. You had a relationship with Jesus, and we talk about the busyness, the being overwhelmed. Maybe in somehow, some way, in all of that, your relationship with God kind of got put on the side. And today, if you really are honest with yourself, you're far from God. And you know that you need to get your heart and your life right with Him all over again. Now, I want to pray with you as well. And so every eye closed, every head bowed, there's nobody peeking. If you would say, Pastor Jay, it's time to settle this. I want to give my heart to Jesus for the first time or renew my commitment to Christ, get my heart right, then I want to pray with you. And wherever you are in this room right now with every eye closed, if you would say, I want to be a part of that prayer, raise your hand. Let me see. Is there anybody here like that? And I want you to do me even additional favors. You raise your hand, open your eyes and make eye-to-eye -eye contact with me. I see you right here, right here. I see you right over here. Awesome. I see you in the back over here, right here, right here, right here. I see you back over here. Awesome. That is amazing. I love it. Put your hands down, and here's what I want you to do. We're going to pray together now, and everybody in this room is going to pray with you. You know why? Because they love you. They want to encourage you. And church family, these ones who raise their hand, let's pray with them together. And for those of you who raised your hand, this is your prayer. 
and you talk to the Lord and you just pour out everything that you are to him. And here's what we do. Everybody together, I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin. And today by faith, I receive what you did. I admit to you I'm a sinner. And today I ask for your forgiveness. Through your precious blood, make me brand new. Today I surrender to you. I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to live in my heart. Change me. Make me more like you every day. Today I embrace you as my Savior. And I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today? Man, God is so good. Now, before I let you go, let me be real with you. You hear a message like this, you watch, man, we're going to change so much. We're going to prioritize. We're going to get things right and this, that, and the other. And you leave out of here and you go to a good buffet. <laughs> you go home and take a nap. And tomorrow you get busy, and three days later, it's easy to let something like this slip away. How do you make these changes? You choose to make these changes, and you begin to put things into practice when? Next week? Right now, okay? And it starts with going and finding a good buffet. No, I was kidding, I was kidding. It starts with taking those steps that God has for you. Now, there are some of you in this room, you raised your hand. I prayed with you. And here's what I want you to do for you. I want you to take out a Connect card, fill it out, check off the box that says, Today I gave my heart to Jesus. And I want you to do me a favor. I want you, before you leave this room, I just want you to bring that card up, give it to one of our prayer team. You can walk up and hand it to them, or they'll pray with you, or they'll talk with you about your next steps in your walk with Jesus. But do not leave this building without giving us that card so that we can connect with you this week. And then church family, if you need prayer for anything, do not walk out of here with burdens weighing heavy in your heart. Come let somebody pray with you and encourage you. So as we all stand to our feet, I'm going to ask our prayer team to make their way here to the front in our altar area. And as everybody in this room prepares to head on out, here's what I'm going to ask you to never forget. Don't ever forget that we don't just go to church. Love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you back here this next week.